Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about killer vaginas, bestiality and lust-crazed killers. Hello, you are listening to episode 69 of the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast, in a month where the UK has gone sex mad, with hundreds of thousands of people queuing for up to 24 hours to look at a dead woman's box. (laughs) Plus, we've got a new (laughs) Prime Minister, whose very name sounds like she's into BDSM, which apparently she is. But don't let that humanise her in your eyes, because uh, she's still a masterpiece of work who wants to do to the poorest people in the country exactly what apparently she likes her colleagues to do to her without lube in the office. And on top of that, we've got a new king who was once heard telling his lover, now the queen consort, that he wanted to be her tampon. (laughs) I can only imagine that he'd seen the adverts and thought that it was a quick way to get even more blue-blooded. That's good satire, Cliff. Well done. Thank you. Joining Ian on his team tonight. No, wrong show. Um, I'm Cliff, and I'm joined by my fellow devils, who this month have got all dressed up in stockings and suspenders. Emily, Bryony, Luke, and CJ. Hey. Hello. Hey. So, I know it's a specially sexy episode, but hands where I can see them, everyone. And let's start with our <laughs> highs and lows of the last few weeks. Uh, CJ. Oh, no. I know you love Why to start. start with me? Because you're not always here. Uh, but I'm always a downer when I am. <laughs> and you say what are your highs and lows and I'm like oh it was all shit this month well go uh, on oh it was all shit this month <laughs> uh, my my high uh, was probably glorious the, oh. the toilet film that's not actually <laughs> the subtitle is it <laughs> it's, glorious, it's quite the good toilet film. it's got uh, Ryan Quanton off TV uh, he's trapped in a toilet cubicle and there's a glory hole uh, and there might be some kind of Cthuloid this sounds great. M- mythical thing actually, in, in the yeah. other cubicle. Yeah, it's it's very entertaining. What TV is he off? He was off that vampire thing a few years ago. True Blood. True Blood. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, nice. But he's, he's very good in Glorious and J.K. Simmons is the voice of the Cthuloid uh, entity. Excellent. Uh, and he's excellent in it. It's uh, it's quite funny. A lot of slime. Yeah, there's uh, there's an excellent glory hole in it. So uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. When you say it's an excellent glory hole, yeah, the design of it, yeah, cushion <laughs> ditch, a lot of duct tape. I don't want to spoil the film for you, but uh, is it an Art Deco glory hole <laughs> for the Art Deco gentleman? It's more of a Regency <laughs> glory hole. Oh, okay, frilly. You'll have to watch the film to find out what, exactly what kind of glory hole it is, but it's it's a good one. A brutalist glory hole. Sorry. <laughs> watch rough, rough concrete. Yeah. Yeah, this is my brutalist glory hole. It is an analogy. Put your dick in and feel sad. And uh, have you got a low? I think you've got a low and I think I know what it is. Uh, I've got a low. I don't really want to talk about it because it'll just make me angry all over again. Uh, but my low was Speak No Evil, which I thought was completely inept, cliched, boring, and a little bit racist. So that was a big pile of shit that can go in the bin. I liked it. Of course you did. (laughs) (laughs) I knew knew that. It's about a um, Danish couple who go to visit some Dutch friends that they've just made on holiday. Uh, They go and stay with them in the Netherlands, and um, turns out that the Dutch people are actually assholes, but the Danish people are too polite to leave. 
and it ends up very very horrible it's very much like mother where it's just like a bunch of very awkward situations and everybody goes oh god that's only awkward oh god and then it goes a bit nasty Emily. Yeah, the only film I've watched which kind of counts as a highlight and a low light. I wanted to watch a big pile of tacky crap and the film I watched was absolutely that. It's um Children of the Corn 2. Ah, yes. I haven't seen that in years. Tacky entertaining fun. I I enjoyed it. I talked about the first one a little while ago because it had been years since I'd seen it. I'd never seen any of the sequels and I thought oh, I'll give this yeah. a go and yeah, it's all right. It's cheesy. Oh, wait till you get to part 3. Part 3 is a Banger. Is that where they go into the city? Is yeah, that Urban oh, yeah. Harvest. So nice. I've been told that I've seen that, but I don't remember anything about it, whereas I've, I watched two quite a lot when I was younger. Does two have a bit where a big bit of corn kind of flies in the air and impales someone? Yes, it does. Yeah. So that's what yeah. you want out And there's of. also a guy whose face goes all bloody and he starts choking in the middle of a church service and <laughs> creepy kids talking vaguely biblical shit and it's cheesy fun. It was exactly what I needed. Is it quite a corny film? Yeah. <laughs> Good. Friday. <laughs> I watched Nope. Um, film was good. The theatre was scarier. Went to a mainstream cinema for the first time in many years. Mm-hmm. Awful. I liked Nope. It could have shaved off about 20 minutes. Immediately I was like, this is like an episode of Star Trek when there is a, a ship that tries to fuck another ship. Um, but then <laughs> saying that out loud and looking at your faces, you don't want to hear about that. So I like to note, but it could have shaved off 20 minutes. Are you saying there's um, an episode of Star Trek where a spaceship tries to fuck a spaceship? Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Which Voyager? Is this like Star Trek late? <laughs> Star Trek after hours. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like Voyager. I think it was like season two or three when they were just trying to find their feet and they're in like, the Delta Quadrant Delta and... Um, Never mind yeah. their feet. Did they manage to find the ship's dick and Well, they bag? did. What they had to do, they had to put out certain particles to, like, put the alien ship creature off it. And then Tuvok was like, oh, we've lost our sex appeal. And that was the end of the episode. So that's what I thought about during so Nope. Who wrote that? Because it sounds like... They gave it to a 14-year-old, so look, you can write your own episode of Star Trek. You know, oh, a spaceship, a fuck a spaceship. There's an episode where in Voyage, because Voyager was just like Hollyoaks late night, so there's an episode of Voyager where Janeway and Tom Paris go beyond Warp 9, they turn into lizards, they fuck, and then have space baby lizards, and then the ship has to figure out a way to like get them back to being human, so they reverse the polarity or something, and... um. Then they just never speak about the time that they were both lizards and they had lizard sex. Do you understand why I have absolutely no idea why you watch that shit? It sounds no, awful. actually, the, the more I listen to Brian, <laughs> the more I'm like, I've got to go and watch Voyager again. <laughs> Voyager's good. Anyway, so I watched Nope, yes. a horror film which reminded me of Star Trek. Everything reminds me of Star Trek. Everything reminds me of Star Trek. I also, I meant to watch, and I apologise that I haven't, so the director of um, Karis Hell gave me a screener link um, <laughs> and I haven't got around to watching it yet. So that'll probably be my highlight next month. Oh, do you reckon? <laughs> do, do you think it'll be good? No, I think it <laughs> will. made a good film, it do you? fucking great. But the way to get the screener link, he said, if I watched one of his films on Freebie, he would give me a streamer link because I'm giving him income. And the film I had to watch on Freebie by the same director... Is called Meowy Halloween, and it's a film he's made of his cat, 
and his cat has to solve a Halloween mystery, and it's fucking delightful. I'll put that down as your other high. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> it's Meowy Halloween is short. It doesn't sound like a It's about 20 minutes long, but it's like, it's clearly made of a lot of love. It's so... 50 minutes, actually. Oh, is no. it 50? Okay. Did well, you see the director's by. cut, Luke? Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was a director's cut. I didn't see the director's cut. Yeah. <laughs> it's like clearly made of a lot of love. It's a very like Gonzo kind of film. Like he's clearly just got out of his camera. He has a cat and he's making his cat do things. And it's a sequel. It's a sequel to like Maui to a Christmas. Christmas. Film. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> CJ, you like Christmas films? Watch. Mary I do. Christmas. I like Christmas films and cats. So this is. Did you watch it in the end, Luke? Uh, I, no, I I watched through a little <laughs> bit, and uh, it's, it's it's cute. Um, it's yeah. cute. It's one of the cuter animal films that I have put myself through over the years. <laughs> is it is it better or somehow even worse than Caris Hell? Better. It's a low bar. Okay, yeah. yeah. On uh, IMDb, it shows the director has also done a Meowie St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> That's 20 That's minutes That's how he long. gets his money, though. He's a nice guy. <laughs> All right, look. <laughs> my high is... how la- Is my mic really loud or am I okay? You're okay. Uh, You're okay. Okay, good. I don't know what's going on. My audacity, Cliff, sorry if your ears get blown off when you listen to this. My audacity is going all over the place. Don't blow off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My high is uh, Bodies, 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 um, which is a really fun horror sort of about picking on teens of the TikTok generation that... um, it sort of acts like a slasher, but it really, really surprised me. Um, it's very silly and just ridiculous and has one of the best endings to a horror that I have um, seen this year. It does have a great ending. It's worth seeing for the ending, definitely. I got to go along to a screening with uh, people that were from Love Island in the audience. Oh, and oh wow. It, you're it was one of the worst screenings I've ever been to. Because um, <laughs> it was a screening of influencers in a room that spoke throughout. Uh, so I had to go and see it for a second time to actually enjoy it more. Even though I did enjoy it, they ruined... Uh, by talking throughout and shouting hashtags at the screen. Um, so oh, was, God. What? That was fun. <laughs> what? Wow. What do you mean shouting hashtags? What, as in their own hashtags or? Hashtag um, scared. <laughs> hashtag popcorn. Oh, no, it was, it was, there was a point where someone had. Um, hashtag need a piss now. <laughs> their hashtag was hashtag snake because someone had told on someone else in the right. film and they decided to shout that. Wow. And they have to say hashtag before everything they shouted out. They couldn't do And it. every time Pete Davidson came on screen, did it go, at Pete Davidson? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't as bad as when I saw um, Paranormal Activity 4 with the cast of Made in Chelsea. Now that was, <laughs> that was worse. How do you keep... What? How? Why does this keep occurring? Because Luke is an influencer. Know. He yeah. is a TikTok oh, influencer. Yeah, so that's what happens. The Pez crew. <laughs> <laughs> You're influencing people what Pez to buy next. Well, that, that has been happening. People buy Pez because of me now. <laughs> Pez is actually on the up. The Pez stocks are through the roof. Yeah, take out shares in Pez now. <laughs> Hashtag Pez. My low is uh, full about the people getting stuck on a very high up TV tower. It has a good idea and it has some fun moments, but the two characters are really, really annoying and it could have done with about half an hour being cut from it. Even though it's not really that long of a film, they just start to really drag the characters and there's like some moments where it could have been fun, but um, there's two moments where it's dream sequences, so that sort of ruined it for me. Um, So yeah, it just wasn't great. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, my high is um, David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future. Ooh. My friend said that was wanky. It's very much in the style of Existence and Naked Lunch. Um, to the extent that Ooh. at first I thought, hmm, has he not come up with any new ideas in the last 25 mm. years? But no, he's, he's sort of developed those ideas. And uh, yeah, it's great. It's really good. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sad now that COVID is, is over and the films are going back in cinemas because it was great when everything just came out on streaming and everybody could watch it all at the same time. I did have the whole screen to myself though, so it was like being... Do you, remember, do you remember pre-COVID and me and CJ would argue all the time about cinemas and I'd be like, it's the part of the magic, CJ. And you'd be like, <laughs> no, it's terrible. <laughs> and the thing is... He nailed my voice. I know, right? <laughs> um, uh, but I went to... Like I said earlier, I went to like a mainstream cinema for the first time in years because I always go to the Duke of York's in Brighton, which is a beautiful cinema. It sells wine. It's lovely. Everyone's always super chill and it shows good films. And because I had like a free ticket for Nope, I went to an Odeon and I was like, Jesus. And then you were like, Wah! Oh Fuck. my god, this is the worst. I hate this. Where are the goats? Oh, it's awful. Oh. Did you go to the Odeon at the end of Brighton High Street, like near the pier? Oh, West Street, yeah. The one where, have you watched Night Coppers yet? And all the shit happens outside there. Night Coppers <laughs> is like a reality show about Night Coppers in Brighton. And predictably, all of the Night Copping happens right outside this cinema. Wow. Because it's a fucking shithole. And I went in there. Oh, my God. People don't know how to talk, how to eat, how to react, how to do anything. Are, are they sharing hashtags at the screen? <laughs> it wasn't quite as bad as a, an influencer. Like, I would probably have a full-on murder attack if I had to do that. But like, <laughs> I restrained myself. And I, all throughout watching this film, I was like, CJ was right. So, you know, two or three years later, mate, give it up. I'm, I'm sorry. Man. It is I only Odeon cinemas, right. though, I've realised. Oh, they're the worst. Odeon cinemas seem to attract bellends, and I don't know mm. why that is. Yeah. It's like the, yeah. other, the other chain cinemas, like I go to a view cinema a fair bit. And yeah, it's not it's not the nicest cinema experience. I'd much rather go to like one of the little indie cinemas, but sometimes it's kind of like the cheapest option. But the minute you go to an Odeon, dickheads everywhere. Yeah. You ever been to the Peckham Multiplex in Peckham? No. No, I have Three pound tickets. It was two fifty back in my day. Best cinema in the world. I saw High School Musical 3 there. Great times. Um, <laughs> a TV movie. Well done. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was released in cinemas, actually. Um, anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, the Odeon in Brighton, um, especially Screen 8. I went to see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies at half four in the afternoon. I was buying my ticket online and saw what seats were available. And I thought, oh, wow, it looks like it's actually, you know, sold quite well. And I got there. And it's just that half the seats in the screen are broken, so you can't book them. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That Odeon Brighton feels like it hasn't been updated since oh, 2000. Because it's, it's still got the same sticky carpet when you're yeah. walking. It is, yeah. it is uh, really bad. It's got sticky carpet from when I threw up when I was like 14 and I'm 33 now. Um, <laughs> Do you know the exact spot? Yeah. Screen six, baby. Cool, let's go down there um, and take selfies. <laughs> <laughs> Have a little Screen lick. six. Like um, I've got a low as well, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're past it. We're past it. We're talking about cinema. Uh, my low is um, Hollow Man 2, which I cannot <laughs> believe. I cannot believe it's written by the same guy. Why did you put oh, yourself no. through it? I well, even said it was shit last time. I just, yeah, just to see what it was like. I'm Christian Slater and I'm invisible. Well, right. A, I don't believe it's written by the same person, even though the credits say it is. I thought you were going to say, I don't believe he was actually invisible. (laughs) B, I don't believe he was doing the voice of the invisible him. 
he's, 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 not, he's in one, he's one or like, two scenes, and and it's obviously Christian Slater, and he's being his cheeky, chaffy self, and he's great. And then whenever he's invisible, <laughs> it's someone barely even trying to do an impression of him. It's me. I got that job. I'm sorry. Yeah, he guys. just goes around. The invisible man just goes around going meh. And Christian Slater, I kind of want to see it now. That sounds great. Wasn't there a weird thing where Christian Slater had signed onto the film, and then his career started picking up again? So that's why they had to get someone to do the voice for so the Invisible Man. Do you man. think it's not him doing the voice? Yeah, I really don't think it was. You hear the Invisible Man at first, and it sounds nothing like him. No, in that not opening at all. scene. Wait, was the Christian Slater in Dark Man? Ah, uh, that was Liam Neeson. No, Darkman 2. Didn't they do sequels to Darkman? That wasn't a Christian Slater. Oh, it feels like a Christian Slater. It's um, Arnold Vosloo plays Darkman in the sequels. Ah, of course. Very famous. I heard Arnold Vosloo. I heard Arnold Vosloo. Which slides nicely into the theme of the episode, really. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll leave that there. I'm not going to get any more about Hollow Man 2 out, am I? You're all too excitable. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Tell you what, after these films, you're going to be a fucking hollow man. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey. Well, they were our highs and lows. Now let's move on to this month's sexy theme. So strap on, I mean, strap in. <laughs> Snatch of Kesha there, and who wouldn't want a little taste of. Oh, I'm not going to finish that. <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 When you wear your Kesha shirt, which makes it creepier. Our first feature this month is a 1972 film directed by Walt Davis. It's called Evil Come, Evil Go. And for better or worse, it has nothing to do with Evil Come. Mm-hmm. However, it doesn't have a trailer, so let's crack straight into the synopsis. Religious anti-sex evangelist Sarah Jane travels around picking up men to have sex with before killing them during the act. Sarah Jane, do you know is the in the mess that you uh, Luke, you picked this one pretty much out of the blue. Um, <laughs> out of the blue movie. <laughs> um, uh, you made a good choice? No. No. <laughs> it's good. No. It's a good film. I, did, I didn't make a good choice with picking this sub uh. with this topic for this, this episode. <laughs> I hated everything. <laughs> uh, how can you hate? How can you hate Evil Coming? Everything's right? meshed together for me because I think we saw about probably four films this month where it's just women killing men after sex. And I yeah. I watched this after I'd already seen the other ones. I know this is more about like the Christianity thing and all that sort of stuff. Um, all the people acting in it seem like this was meant to be a theatre production instead. <laughs> just the way no. they talk. That's because they're all porn actors. Yeah. Um. I know they went from that, but it still felt like this was meant to be on stage. Um, a live sex show that people were meant yeah. to be seeing. Um, <laughs> I might have told this story before, but when I went to Amsterdam, like the first, we, we went to the hotel, um, we got ready for the evening, went out, walked up the road into the town. The first thing on the edge of town was some bloke standing outside a, a little crappy theatre going, come in, come in, ultimate schlegend filth. Was he Scottish? <laughs> I went to Amsterdam once and there was, a, it might even have been the same guy. It was a, there was a guy in a suit going, hello, live sex show. Yeah. You want to see a live sex show? <laughs> so, yeah, so you'd like to see this on stage, would you, Luke? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, just not that sex scene at the end. I'm just, why is that 10 minutes long? That man, why did I need to keep seeing his face and... (laughs) He did have a terrible haircut. When he gets stabbed, he's screaming, but his mouth isn't open. 
this has some of the worst dubbing as well. I don't know, it's just every single sex scene. That's the thing that's bothered me about this. The opening credits, where you have like the whole scene. I know it went on for a bit too long, showing then shots of that man that had been killed in the room. Mm. But disemboweled. I was intrigued by that opening, yeah. and then it just really, really lost me and just sort of came really dragged out. Uh, I just wish I had enjoyed this. I can I understand why people would enjoy it, but I'm annoyed I picked it. <laughs> well, I think Cleo O'Hara, who plays Sarah Jane, is brilliant. She was great. Yeah, talk about really committing yourself to it. Everybody in this film shouts, but yeah. she's very much kind of like someone who's forgotten they've got headphones in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah she, she's brilliant. I really enjoyed this. It's like... I know I say this every time there's anything that's a bit campy, but this is almost a John Waters movie. Yeah. yeah. It's just got a real sense of the ridiculous. Um, as has happened with many films this month, I ended up sending people bits of it and just going, look at this. And they're going, oh my God, what's this film? It's amazing. It's totally mad. And unusually for me at the end, I was like, oh, is that it? I was expecting there to be another 10 minutes of mad shit. And it just kind of peters out at the end. Peters out. <laughs> there's a folk singer following her around singing a song that goes sister sarah sister sarah sister sarah yeah, you're insane like jonathan richmond in harry met sally uh there's something about mary you're insane but yeah. you always pull it off and walk away which made me laugh a lot <laughs> but, but it's, isn't it wonderful that you, you hear the song at the start and you think oh that's just the theme music and then at the end you realize it's actually diegetic she has a yep. folk singer following around i was just delighted by that <laughs> oh the bit that delighted me was when you first see that guy with the acoustic guitar it's like oh no here we go he's gonna yeah. play. And, then, <laughs> and then the moment he goes to strum on it it cuts to the next scene it's like yes they make you wait till that very last moment where he comes out and sings his beautiful song i love this film i thought it was amazing so thank you luke <laughs> for choosing it I've never, I've never seen it uh, my pleasure and like obviously it's made by bob chen and john holmes and all these like porn people who were about to become very prolific and famous in in porn Bob Chin does sound like a sexual act. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what posh people do instead of teabagging? <laughs> Bob Chin. Bob Chin. Uh, Darling, do you fancy a bit of Bob Chin? <laughs> <laughs> you forget that I love you. <laughs> the children have just gone to bed. <laughs> I cannot abide a bobbing chin on a Thursday. I like how they're just having a good time, you know. They're, they're clearly not filmmakers. Uh, like, <laughs> like porn as feature cinema was was still very new in nineteen seventy two, you know. Uh, so even even porn, they weren't adept at making, let alone a, a proper film. So I just love that they're having such a good time doing it. Like a, a lot of those like early porn actors were just hippies who came from a theatre background quite often. Uh, which is why it has that like stagey, theatrical, campy feel. But it's just so endearing. And also they are putting the boot in a bit to people that would judge them for what they're doing. Mm. Albeit in yeah. a ridiculously cartoony, shouty, surreal way. Yeah. That, that's what yeah, they're absolutely. doing. I mean, it was the most en- one of the most entertaining of the seven films I watched today. <laughs> I watched 10 hours of porn today, guys. <laughs> I, did, I did the film poisoning thing. I watched everything all at once. <laughs> And I've watched 10 hours of porn. And this was the most entertaining. It was, because at least, I mean, the thing, it started so strong and then it just kind of like dangled off into... um, It does just turn into a series of borderline hardcore sex scenes. Yeah, yeah. and it was like, 
I think I'm cynical after Rocket Knights of the Living Dead when we're like, let's watch zombie films. And I was like, yeah, hi, hi, friends. Let's watch this cool horror film. Oh, it's porn. So I think I'm just <laughs> jaded after doing too many of these podcasts. This does have an actual 69 in it. And it was a very awkward one. Um, well, his, his knob is up and down, isn't it? It's... Uh... He's, yeah, he's not really. He's not really up for it, is he? Actually, because they do a close up of it and they focus on it for ages. And I'm like, he's not, is he enjoying this? Is he having a what good time? What about the shot where he then is supposedly fucking her, <laughs> and the camera zooms in on a close up of her visibly empty vagina? Mm. <laughs> visibly empty. You know what I love most about you is your visibly empty vagina. Um, <laughs> that could almost be a line from a very, very wrong Alan Bennett monologue. <laughs> <laughs> there was mother at the kitchen with her visibly empty vagina. <laughs> there were tears in the gravy boat on a Monday. I remember if it was a Monday because of mother's visibly empty vagina. <laughs> Did you guys notice when they were rolling around on the ground outside that because this has been like restored quite beautifully to a DVD, you can see they are just covered in scratches yeah. and dirt. And it's just like, oh man. That does not look like a fun shoot. What I enjoyed about this film was the, the vocality of the male performers. Now you get dick! <laughs> <laughs> That's how I start all of my lovemaking. What about the scary scene with the uh, kind of oh satanic ritual? Oh my god, she had the fucking cat! Well, not satanic ritual, but whatever it is she's trying to do. Gets her lesbian friend naked. Yeah. Holding a knife over her. And then a cat just jumps on the bed yeah. and wanders around for a bit. But she, she doesn't break character. You can see a moment where she looks like she's yeah. going to laugh and, and she doesn't. Yeah. It's because they're filming in Grandma's house. You know, there's that quite brutal rape scene. Did you notice that the music is the BBC Test Match special music? No. <laughs> Very odd. I'll be honest... Yeah. I've watched 10 hours of these films. I feel like I've watched a lot of brutal rape scenes. So they've mm. all just blurred into one. Only one has the cricket theme tune playing, though. <laughs> mm. I never watched cricket, man. But a lot of these films are just like, uh, sexy sex. And it's like, ha ha ha, oh, a oh, woman's been raped. Uh, mm. It's been a brutal day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when you started doing Double Times Five? It must have been like, what, four years ago? My mm-hmm. first episode was Stephen King. We kept talking about the jizzery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The jizzery, yeah. And I, and I remember you were like so innocent and you were you were kind of coming to a lot of these films new and you were so like, oh, this is so exciting. And now you're like, I watched 10 hours of porn today. <laughs> <laughs> you're broken. It's so sad. <laughs> I hate cinemas now. I hate all film. I hate jizz. (laughs) It's been a journey, man. Uh, From jizzery to misery. Nice. (laughs) I watched this at my work desk today. (laughs) (laughs) One guy came over and I'd paused the beast. And I touched my headphones by mistake, and because these headphones are by like your skin, it started playing when he was at my computer screen. Wow. Uh, What sort of erotic episode of Devil Times 5 would this be if we didn't cover a bunch of Italian sex films? Or Jali, as everyone else calls them. And one of the wildest is 1972's Delirio Caldo, Hot Delirium. 
Uh, CJ, this is one of your favourites, isn't it? I absolutely love Hot Delirium. Like, it starts off so tremendously unpleasant. Like, it's got one of the most disgusting opening sequences. Like, it's so grubby and nasty and rapey, and you just think, like, oh my god. Like, I remember watching this film for the first time, and I really, really liked the film. But then... A few years later, I thought, I'm going to show this to some friends. And we started watching it, and that opening scene comes on, and I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Did I just completely misremember this film? Because I remember it being quite a romp. Uh, and then when it starts, I'm like, oh, God, what have I done? What have I done? But by the end, it brings itself around, and it just turns into, like, a S&M episode of Dynasty. It's mm. so melodramatic and camp and wonderful. And Rita Calderoni and uh, Mickey Hargitay just do incredible acting in this. Like, it's as if they're just completely on another planet to anybody who's ever done acting before. <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's it's not a conventional performance by either of them, but they just go for it. Like hell for Which leather. ones do they play, but I can guess? Uh he's the main guy, the doctor who is the murderer, or is he? Uh and mm-hmm. she's the sexually frustrated wife. Um mm-hmm. I don't know, every time I watch it I, I do feel dirty, but I do get a kick out of it. It's supposed to be set in England, isn't it? Judging by the police uniform. Is it? That's true. And the um the phone box is clearly meant to be a, a red British phone box. Ah and he's called Hubert and that's you know Oh yeah. Well apart from him being called Hubert, none of the names, none of the cars, none of the scenery, nothing is is looks remotely British. Although there is that car park attendant who occasionally breaks into English and says things like shit face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like the way the prostitutes in this film just sort of stand just lone on the side of the road, like when you see strawberry sellers on the A303 or something. <laughs> One of the A-roads obviously has that red phone box down a little mud path. So it's very odd. And then when the girl's in there, she just dials three random numbers and gets straight through to a newspaper office. That was my favourite thing as well, because she was like, I'm being murdered, better call the papers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because as the audience, you don't know it's the fucking newspaper, because it cuts to like an office and a guy in a suit picks up, and like, great, she's called the police. And he's like, hello, you've reached a newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very silly film. Gets pretty ridiculous, but I don't know, it, it dragged... Quite a bit for me. I'm, I'm just being very negative about these movies today, but um, <laughs> I didn't enjoy this one. What about the sexual content in the film? I mean, there's the maid who has the weirdest wank because I starts by licking her own shoulder. Yeah, that's very strange. Mm. Um, do you not do that? Uh, maybe I should, though. <laughs> You've got to get yourself started. You have to lick your own shoulder to <laughs> feel that bit of touch. I tend to go with the elbow, though. <laughs> you know, if you can, it means you're flexible. You can't actually lick your own elbow, can you? Not even going to try. No, I'm not trying it. <laughs> All right, from the same year as Delirium, uh, we watched Amok, a.k.a. Hot Bed of Sex, a.k.a. Leather and Whips. Um, you've got to admire an exploitation distributor who calls a film Hot Bed of Sex when it's yeah. ultimately about a woman who's raped and strangled to death. Oh, hot Bed of Sex, eh? Oh, no, actually, my dick's gone soft. This isn't very sexy at all. <laughs> yeah. That ending seems like... They didn't know where they were going with this film and they thought, oh shit, we haven't actually explained the ending of the big reveal. And then it's like, mm. oh, they're getting on a train, just have someone say that line really quickly. <laughs> it, just felt, it felt like 
they hadn't really thought about it properly and they just wrote it last minute. I know that fine means like the end, but that was my favourite part <laughs> yeah. when it wasn't your mate, by the way. She died out of love. And then it just comes on screen going, Fine. <laughs> That's what she was actually saying while the train was going away. Yeah, yeah. she'd been in a speech bubble. Out of interest, how how do you pronounce the lead actress's name? Is it Barbara Bucket? <laughs> Barbara Boucher. It's Boucher. <laughs> oh. It's the chariots of fire of Sexy Jally, this, because all the lezzing up is in slow motion, isn't it? <laughs> oh, God. Do they use the chariots of fire music? Uh, no, they use the um, snooker theme. <laughs> <laughs> what, the snooker music or the theme tune to Big Break? <laughs> Pot as many fingers as you can. <laughs> Oh, God. They all started so strong. Like, <laughs> So I started this one two weeks ago, and I was like, holy shit, this is a great Italian sex film. My boyfriend will love this. And then I just forgot about it. And then I watched it today, and I was like, oh, it's a shame my boyfriend won't watch this. And I was like, actually, this is it's a shame I'm watching this. This is terrible. <laughs> Again, ten hours of porn, guys. And none of it's that erotic. It's a lot of missionary, isn't it? It's like such vanilla sex in most of these films. It's a lot of missionary and it's a lot of like thighs are up to, to hide things. And there's a lot of like, ooh, <laughs> it's the 70s and I'm a lady and you're a lady. Ooh, ooh. And I it's think, just uh, boring. I, I, I agree with you that like all of these films, when the sex comes in, it's it's very boring. Not it's so it, boring. I feel like if I put my mind back to 1972, man. <laughs> my least favourite superhero. <laughs> he, he, I know, I know. He's, he's, he's dated, he's out of fashion, but, you know, he didn't He didn't have porn at the touch of a button. Yeah, but look at look at Daughters of Darkness. That's a sexy fucking film. Yeah, but, you know, that was like, ah, oh, this is just what you, you... You go to the cinema and, you know, not one ounce of this and... That was the best that he had, 1972, man. And that, that's the other stain on the uh, floor of Screen oh. 6 at the Odeon. <laughs> <laughs> screen sex as well as Screen 6. <laughs> well, the third erotic shallow we watched for this was 1978's The Sister of Ursula, which I think I think it passes the Bechdel test because there is a scene where two women, two sisters, have a conversation about something other than a man. Although they do both have their tits out at the same time, so... <laughs> <laughs> this one Juliana. definitely kind of wins on the campy factor. I love the song where it's mostly just the woman going, eyes. <laughs> Do you mean the song that plays every single sex yeah. scene? Yeah. It's like, oh, they're at it again. Put the record on. I feel like all of these have like a specific like sex song and the one in um, Amok just went sexual. Sexually. Sexual. Sexually. Sexually. <laughs> yeah, <that's all>. <laughs> sexual. <laughs> again. Sexually. Again. Sexually. <laughs> Again. Again. Sexually. I mean it's great. It's it's more threatening when you sing it, Cliff. <laughs> yeah, if you woke up in the middle of the night and heard that uh, menacing. Anyway, what was the song in this film? Because I chose not to watch it. Well, it's just some saxophone music. And the saxophone is the most sexual instrument if you grew up watching films in the eighties, you just actually thought yes. you couldn't have sex without a without yeah. someone playing the saxophone. Particularly The Devil's Honey, where the opening scene of that is actually a woman riding the business end of a saxophone while her boyfriend plays it up her fanny. Wow, okay. That's why Lucio Fulci is the best director of yep. all time. 
<laughs> and she didn't have an empty vagina then, did she? No. <laughs> it, was full, it was full of music. Um... <laughs> you could play her like an accordion after he'd finished. <laughs> Do you know what they call a woodwind in the boys' school? A penis fart. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any listeners at all? <laughs> no. Because we won't ask this. <laughs> they love it. They love it. We have about 1,200 listeners a month. D- we'll have 1,200 of them send the fucking penis fart? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to go, oh so- yeah, I love that song, Sexual. Sexual. So about- <laughs> Back to the sister of Ursula. Yeah, so sister of Ursula, the song that's in that, you, you, there's one character that's a singer in the the hotel, and uh, she's singing a song that's meant to be like a sexy ballad, and this gets played every time there's a sex scene yeah. from there on in. But the, the the song is mostly her singing the word eyes in a sensual <laughs> way, <laughs> and it's really really funny. And, and her her name, the character is Stella Shining. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, so that is name. that is a fucking awesome name. And she seems to think that heroin addicts have a high sex drive, which I think is probably <laughs> not true. Yes. I actually really enjoyed this one because it was so stupid and I loved Ursula, the character, because she goes on holiday with her sister who's like, yay, let's have a really good time in Sardinia or wherever it is that they shot it. Amalfi Coast. Yeah, she spends the whole time just being like, I'm tired, I want to go to bed, I hate being around people. To be fair, that does sound like me on holiday. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so relatable. And then she goes into a church and just screams at religious icons about how unbearable it is to look at the world because humans have made it so awful. And it's like, oh, I love you, Ursula. You're wonderful. It's very campy. You have like the dildo weapon and also the um, the sister having some special private time with a necklace. Oh, that was a very odd. That's a very odd scene. I was just like, that's not what you do with a necklace, is it? <laughs> so I'm not allowed in Claire's accessories anymore. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just like the scene in The Beast with the rose. Oh, yeah. What is, oh, God, what is that yeah. about? Something, men like, oh, I know what girls like. They like sticking stuff up their box, don't they? It's what they like. What do girls like? Flowers. <laughs> Flowers and necklaces. <laughs> it's sexist. I'm surprised. There's probably another one of these films where there's a woman trying to stuff some shoes up there. <laughs> <laughs> bottle of bubbles. Oh, yeah, bottle of Prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> and live, laugh, love sign. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Live, laugh, shove it up your family. Um... <laughs> wow. God. I'm, I'm just looking at that 1,200 number just dropping. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I fucking love it. I want a t shirt with that on it. Live, laugh, shove up your family. <laughs> <laughs> Babe. Babes, it's not worth it. It's just not fucking worth it, okay? Drink some Prosecco. Do you know what they say? Live, love, shove up your family. Okay? Oh. <laughs> right, and we'll finish our shallow section. Oh, blimey, we're only four films in. <laughs> With a nice obscure one from 1979. Yeah, this one's obscure. Um, Kira, Lady of the Lake, even though it was directed by Enzo G. Castellari. So... It shouldn't be. But uh, yeah, Kira, Lady of the Lake, Witch of the Lake, The House by the Edge of the Lake, Centre of Vita, whatever you want to call it. 
It's about a um, girl who, uh, whenever she has sex with someone, uh, another girl nearby is compelled to have a wank. It's like a psychic vagina link. A psychic yeah. vagina link between her and the, the witchy lady. And yeah, all the yeah. men. The reason why the men are getting killed is because they're related to her. And if yeah. anything happens, they'll continue the cursed bloodline or something. Yeah, this one's mad. I quite liked it, again, for the silly camp factor. There's a lot of like quite badly dubbed stuff, and the subtitles went nuts at a number of points, so it was it was very confusing, but in quite a fun way. Oh, you didn't watch it before I fixed the subtitles, did you? <laughs> no, I watched it today, um, oh, right. but the okay. subtitles are still quite mad. There's one oh. bit where a guy is monologuing for about five minutes, there's no <laughs> subtitles, and then suddenly about 30 lines of words come up. <laughs> um. <laughs> Okay, that was my attempt to fix the subtitles, went wrong then. Also, for some reason, I was laughing a lot at the way that they dubbed in the voices of the scene where the people in the village are scared because this woman has come back to the place where her mum died and they're like, the curse is back, the witch is back. And there's an old man picking up baby chicks and just going, this one's dead, <laughs> this one's dead, this like, one's well, dead. Well, you keep them in shoeboxes, they're not great conditions, my No, friend. no, they're not. But I, I like the sort of the spooky witchcraft element of it, even though it makes very little sense. Well, one bit that didn't make sense when I watched it the first time was um, the third guy, the Lillian Shags, survives. He doesn't have a fatal accident. Mm. And I couldn't understand why. It's never explained. And then I looked at the French subtitles and basically the English subtitles completely mistranslate one of the lines. Mm. What it should say is, is your surname Villamore? Like explaining that he's from a certain family and therefore is immune from death. Mm -hmm. How the English subtitles translated that line was, would you like to make love? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, that's most of the film. Whoever was doing the subtitles was like, well, no one's watching this for the plot, are they? (laughs) You might see some tits. There we go. Would you like to make love? Done. I love it. And the um, girl who plays Lillian is appropriately named Leonora Fanny. She she did so many of these films as well. It's proper nominative determinism. Yeah, including, of course, Bestiality. Yes. Or Dog Lay Afternoon, as it's yeah. not really called. I, I, I went through a phase of watching all of her movies because I was like, oh my God, she's amazing. I must watch all of these. And oh my God. Has she ever actually made a good film? Yeah, Kira, Lady of the Lake. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think it's really good. I love her, but the, the movies are terrible. She's in um, Shadow of Venezia as well. Yes, she is. Uh, someone else with a killer fanny, or for our American <laughs> listeners, a killer pussy, is Helen in 2003. Oh, don't never do that again. <laughs> no. no, do it again right now. Right now, do it again. Right fucking now. All right, do, do it. it again. Do it. Want a beer? Want a beer? <laughs> you want a beer? Killer Pussy is <laughs> uh, Helen in oh, 2003's God. Penetration Angst. What a title. What a film. What a load of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Fiona Horsey is another one like Leonora Fanny. It's like, you just got to check out all her films because there's yeah. something about her. I, sadly, I did. And <laughs> it was so bad. Can I ask, like, because we didn't do teeth, is that because we've already done teeth on a previous episode? Yeah, I don't think we've done teeth, have we? we? Why did we do teeth? Teeth is such a good film about sex. We're talking about the film Teeth Could Have Been. (laughs) Penetration Penetration Angst. angst. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Well, Penetration Angst is about a woman who, whenever she's raped, which is quite a lot, her fanny eats her rapist. 
the first guy just gets sucked in. Yeah, and it's the worst in. CGI of like he gets he turns into a tornado and just goes yeah. into the fuck. Did you not watch this either, Emily? I did not watch this. No regrets, eh? It gets weirder as it goes on. There's conjoined twins and everything. Yeah, yeah that part was that was really weird. And they're like, oh, you need to flip us over. To what fucking? Yeah. Yeah. I could have written this. Is this what the song Flip Reverse It was about? <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. You know that Violet and Daisy Hilton, the Siamese twins in the 1920s, you know they had quite a you know active sex life. And it's not like I've never wondered what it would be like if for Siamese twins if, you know, sex is going on. So I found this quite a helpful film to put my mind at rest. Um, Even though it's, it's shot in the dark, you can't really see what's going on. It's... <laughs> I feel like we're down to about 300 listeners, most <laughs> there. A lot of these films are not very good, so I reckon me and Emily could just improv like a line each now and we could come up with a best-selling sex film based on what we've seen over the last sort of month. So A Woman's Raped, next, you go. Uh, a Woman's Raped and it turns out that her tits are cursed. Ah, good. <laughs> Whilst the rapist is raping her, her tits start leaking out acid that don't affect her. It's kind of like Alien. Yeah, and then the the acid like burns the guy's face off, and then uh, so she has sex with a goat instead. Yeah. And then the goat um, is actually called Blackfoot. Well, he's not black. He's Black Dave. He's just uh, <laughs> Philip's mate, and he's like, "Do you wanna do you wanna hang out with me? With your, your your mad tits." Um, also, there's a pop song involved. The pop song goes like this. Obviously, the pop song goes tits. <laughs> and there's a disco beat, and then just this breathy voice going tits. Yeah. Meanwhile, there is a police officer called Javid, and um, Javid... <laughs> How did you come up with that name? The former Home Secretary, head of the police. <laughs> it's, just, it's a variation on Dave, and Dave is my go-to name. So Javid um, had a very repressed childhood due to Catholicism, and uh, has never wanked, and he's investigating all the melty-faced men. And uh, he comes across uh, a lovely lady who happens to be our milky breast woman who is called Davina. And um, so he meets our killer, but he doesn't know that she's the killer. And he's like, oh, hey. Um, and then um, they um, they do a 69 in a confession booth. <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't spray acid everywhere because she realises that she's in love with him. <sighs> That's a the plot of teeth um and that's the end that's beautiful i would watch that mm. yeah it, sa- it sounds better than this film <laughs> shall we set up the uh go fund me or the yep. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah right another film with a black widow type lead character she shags you she kills you it's jess franco's she killed in ecstasy which is all in german even though it's shot in spain it's german it's the language of love <laughs> das language du lieber <laughs> Guten Morgen wo ist mein Breakfast <laughs> So this, this is about a guy called Dr. Johnson he kills himself because <laughs> What is his name Dr. Johnson? Do you know why? Because that means that his wife played by Soledad Miranda the main character her name is Mrs. Johnson! <laughs> Mrs. Johnson! Oh. Mrs. Johnson! That's a classic clip, and that's not been up for a while. I'm so happy to hear that again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
So yes, she kills the ecstasy. That film. Moving on. <laughs> all there is to say about it's that. It's not. It's not. It's a good film. It's it's one of Jess Franco's <sighs> better films, but that's not really saying too much. Soledad Miranda is an absolutely stunning presence. Yeah, she was. I completely forgot. She's in Vampiros Lesbos, isn't she? Yeah. Who's this amazing woman? She's gorgeous and she's just really captivating. And then to IMDb her all over again and go, oh shit. Okay, that's why she's not in many films. Yeah. She she died young, but she's amazingly good in this and very watchable. I feel sorry for her that she had to shag Jess Franco. Well, didn't have to. Presumably out of choice. But (laughs) this film's about her shagging a series of very ugly men, including Mm. Jess Franco. Oh, which one is he? He's the the last one, the one he gets tied to the chair and oh, slapped around. Yeah. Okay. The one that it feels like was added later because like he realised the film was running short. He goes like, oh, I better give myself a run. I will fuck I if I have to. <laughs> bet that was his plan all along. I take one for the team. Yeah. I bet <laughs> yeah. it wasn't in the script. He's just all along. He goes, oh, Oh, no. Actually, he's not German, is he? <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wonderbar. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. My film is not long enough. Oh, no. Soledad. I think I should write a new character. I will play him. It's not my domino day. <laughs> uh, see, I can't do a sort of German an accent of a German person speaking English without it sounding really camp. So now I've just got in my head, oh no, I have to do the fucking tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Dad, we must do the naughty on the camera. <laughs> I do it though, it's for art. <laughs> yeah, we make an art. Oh, <laughs> oh, I had so much to say about this film that was really on, serious. Then. And now, no, I'm not even going to oh. attempt it now. I think we've... Uh... We've covered it. <laughs> and from a German film shot in Spain to a Spanish film shot, at least partly in England, um, it's Jose Ramon Laraz's Black Candles, a.k.a. Naked Dreams, a.k.a. Hot Fantasies. God, that really does sound very 80s, doesn't it? Naked Dreams. <laughs> My biggest problem with this film is it wasn't Hellraiser because the women all had the hair of Lady Hellraiser. Oh, yeah. Um mm. And they were the accent of Lady Hellraiser, but it wasn't Hellraiser. Again, this film started off like, oh yeah, here's some sexy banging. Oh, she's got 80s hair. Look at those big nipples. And then it just went really boring. Yeah. It was like, there's Promise of Satan. There's an uncle involved. There's all of this. It's all, all horrific. And then it's just like... Meh. Yeah. It just, it just, I think you mean meh. <laughs> meh. Oh, I mean, that was fine. The goat fucking. <laughs> That's fine. Was it though? Fine. 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 Just, just, just ordinary fine. goat fucking. Fine. <laughs> Every single sex scene. Everyone looks in pain and sounds in pain. Mm. Mm. The funniest thing about the goat fucking scene is that it's missionary position. <laughs> yeah, just like every single the bit. The goat's in this on film. top of her with his back legs bent at the knee. <laughs> it's so funny. And then the, the close up. Did you notice the close up of the goat's cum face where his like eyes roll back? <laughs> it's so funny. Well, the funniest bit was when she gets into it. She starts going. She's naked, she's got a goat mounting her. And the director's like, okay, so now the goat is on top of you. I just assume everyone's German. <laughs> They're all German. Oh, okay, so the goat is on top of you. So the goat is on top of you. Now um, you look like you're in pain. Now look like you enjoy. 
And she just sticks her tongue out and goes, Actually, I've just realised why she does that. She does that because there's the weight of a goat on her. She can't lick her shoulder. Uh, <laughs> and now a section called CJVX. X being <laughs> Ty West's X, of course. CJ, how come when Ty West actually got out of his way to make a movie that isn't a big part of stinking shit for once, you still hate it? It is still a big part of stinking shit. It is just that you fancy Mia Goth, so you think this is a good film because you like looking at her. It is a piece of shit, the same as all these other pieces of shit, where a bunch of people talk a bunch of shit and then nothing fucking happens and a bunch of people walk around in the dark and everybody goes, oh my god, Ty West. And all he does is just reference other fucking movies. Like, obviously he's recreated a bunch of shots from Texas Chainsaw Massacre so you can go, oh, I'm very clever, I recognise Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then he's like, oh, we're going to play this classic song, like Fleetwood Mac, Landslide, or Don't Fear the Reaper. You know, but no one knows, no one's ever heard that song. But of course, all the viewers go, oh, we love that song, Ty West. You make us feel so cool because we love that song from the 70s. Oh, you're 70s man, Ty West. You're so edgy. I fucking hate Ty West. He's an absolute worthless man who should be eradicated from cinema. I hate him. That's how I feel about Rob Zombie. I'm absolutely with you, apart from X. That's fighting talk. I, I just, I hate him. I, no, because I have now watched all of Ty West's horror films and they are all awful, apart from X. I mean, I haven't seen Pearl yet. There is no, like, magic switch here. It's the same shit that he's always been doing. It's not. There's so much going on in X. There's nothing going on. It's empty-headed nonsense. There are not ten-minute scenes of people walking around in the dark and nothing happens. Yes, there are. Oh, there, there are. are. Oh, the entire God. second half of the movie is just I'm getting divorced parents' flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Mummy and Daddy fighting again. <laughs> <laughs> there's loads going on there's, there's it's full of exciting things it's it's interesting it's beautiful looking way better looking than anything else he's made before it looks awful it, it, the only bits that look good are the bits that are direct recreations of scenes from other films that are better films because he has no ideas go on then cj where's your receipts well no there are a lot of the scene of the girl walking towards the farmhouse is literally centimeter for centimeter from well yeah, from psycho there's from texas yeah. chainsaw massacre like almost every shot in it is taken from something because it's just reference 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 but isn't that what most horror directors do today well maybe today because they're all hacks but you know <laughs> as a genre there's been plenty of original ideas it's just that nowadays we have this kind of post-Tarantino fanboy culture where everybody just wants to be like, oh, remember this? This was cool, wasn't it? And you go, oh my god, I remember! And it's it's just awful. You love Rob Zombie, but wouldn't you say that House of a Thousand Corpses is very similar to Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I can see where you're coming from with that, and there's definitely an element, a strong element of reference with Rob Zombie's films. But I think with House of a Thousand Corpses, he escalates it really far. And it kind of becomes this kaleidoscopic, like, orgy of influence where he's just like, ah! But you even have the dinner table it, scene, yeah, no, no, you which is ex- the exact shot from Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. of the person in the wheelchair. I agree. And I can see what you mean. But... Okay, now I'm getting flashbacks of, like, my older siblings standing up to <laughs> I, I mean, you know, Luke makes a good point, And maybe it is purely subjective, the difference. But for me, with Rob Zombie, it's an energy thing. Like, House of a Thousand Corpses goes at, like, a million miles an hour. Whereas X is just, like, empty. There's nothing in it. It's so boring. I would say, and you're going to hate this, CJ, I would say that X shares quite a lot of DNA with the Devil's Rejects. Yeah. 
uh, which mm. is one of the few Rob Zombie films that I actually really like. I mean, that does the cheesy "Hey, remember the seventies" yeah. thing. It does. It does. And I, and I, you've I got fucking Freebird not... at the end, but the way that it's used, you don't think of it as like a "Oh, remember the thing." It's like they've taken something that's quite cliched and they've made you feel something because yes. the characters are solid. And I think the characters in X they're mm. not as good as the ones in Devil's Rejects, but I think what kind of elevates this film beyond it being kind of derivative and so on and so on is that the characters are really, really yeah. good. I hate the characters. I know, I liked it. It was like, they felt real, they felt relatable, it, it felt like it was using sex as a proper tool. They all had backstories and they all felt, you know... Mm. To me, they felt completely stuck, especially the setting of a supposed porn shoot in the 70s. But I think they subverted that with the whole, like, oh, the, the old people are going to be super against it and use their Christian and kill them. I think it subverted it quite well. Evil come, evil go did it better. <laughs> really didn't because you don't get to see old people fucking in evil come evil. But you don't ah, but you don't get to see old people fucking in X because it's young people in bad old people makeup. That annoyed me. The other thing that annoys me about this is it's one of about ten fucking horror films in the last few years where the most horrific thing you see is an old woman's body, which feels really yeah. misogynist. No, no. Yeah, th- there's that, and there's also the fact that they managed to get a lot of horror from oh, old people be fucking. Brian, what are you going to say? Because I reckon you probably you might have. The same opinion as me on that well because you and i went to see it in the cinema yeah. and both of us had the same sort of we chuckled we enjoyed it we were like oh and i, I jokingly said oh old people be fucking mm. but <laughs> it, it wasn't so much like the gross old body it was just the insatiableness yeah of her. not even as a disgusting thing i think it's quite sympathetic to her and yeah and even yeah. the victims are sympathetic to her and even us as an audience are sympathetic to her. And even if you don't think it's sympathetic, then isn't it good just to have some good old-fashioned exploitation do something to boot? Exactly. And also, it's quite good having female characters who weren't just like, oh, hey, we're doing this. Like, every woman who chose to be in that porn film chose to be in it. Yeah, it feels like a big thing that the blonde lady was actually a bit wary of sort of Mia Goth's character because like, oh, she's like the, the guy with the money's girlfriend. And then later on, they're on their way to becoming friends and she's supportive of her and she goes, I Ooh. completely agree with what you say, blah, blah, blah. Just, it's unusual to have a film like this where you've got like, you'd think that another film, it would just be like, get away from me, you bitch, mm. kind of thing. But no, it's there. I think I've figured out what the difference is, why we had a different opinion here, is that you watched it and could see a film with stories and characters mm-hmm. and I could not. All I could see was Ty West masturbating over himself again. Uh, I couldn't ever disconnect from that. I think I'd watched a Ty West film, but I can't remember which... You watched House of the Devil. Oh yeah, what's that one? The really boring one. It's so boring. So unmemorable. But X is memorable. But like, you know, <laughs> they all have duds. <laughs> he is a dud. They all have duds. He hasn't made a good film until X. <laughs> Wait until he makes another one that doesn't have Mia Goth in it and you'll be like, oh yeah, that was third again. I don't even think Mia Goth is at her most delightfully Mia Gothness in it. Goth, gothic. Goth, Mia Gothic no. in this. If you want to see real proper Mia Goth, watch fucking High Life. She's proper full on Mia Goth in that. She's like, ah, oh, I've got no eyebrows and I'm in space. Yeah, or even like <laughs> Emma. I ain't seen Emma. I don't watch... I only watch 18s. <laughs> <laughs> only go down OG on the West Street and watch 18s, mate. <laughs> Nick? I enjoy this. Um, I've always known Ty West for being that guy that does very slow burn for all of his films. And I'm someone that that's, has seen that's him. That's a generous well, went term for a lot for of his it. films at like <laughs> film festivals. I even went along to Ty West in conversation in Glasgow Fright oh, Fest when that God. happened. Wait, did, yeah, he, did was... he just grunt and walk off? <laughs> well, 
So <laughs> Ty West does when he tries to talk. In uh, uh, hopefully he he never listens to this, but <laughs> when he tries to talk, it's always <laughs> when he, when he does talk. Most of his sentences are like you know, like you yeah. know, because he's a moron. <laughs> He's as inarticulate as he's found. Well, here's oh. the thing. Ty West went into TV, and mm. if you watch his TV stuff, he directed two episodes of the show Them, and that is some of the best TV I've seen in a long time. It's on Amazon Prime. Them is a really good TV series, and the two episodes that he did were actually really, really good. He's directed like TV episodes of The Exorcist and other things like that, so he seems to do very well with TV. Is that because other people write those episodes? Of course, of course. Maybe he can direct, but he's a terrible writer. I've been watching all his films to try and figure out where he got good, just if it was sudden. But, but it would make sense if he kind of learned his craft in the last few years of doing TV. Mm. Because honestly, all his films after The Sacrament are just so awful. What was the last film he released before X? The Sacrament. Now, well, In a Valley of Violence, but that wasn't horror. Oh, yeah, of course, in the Valley of Violence, the West. When was that? Because he might have done a load of TV. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did a load of TV. He did, yeah, yeah. That's probably why. That's probably why it's as good. What the fuck was House of the Devil about? When we're waiting for a pizza. Yeah, literally. I think I may have seen that, but I don't remember much about it. I'm sure that's one of my lows. It was, yeah. I just don't recall it. It was a low of uh, cinema. Okay, I don't remember watching it. Guess I'll rewatch that. No, I don't. He mistakes silence for... Suspense, yeah. Intelligence. I think he thinks that if he's quiet for long enough, then people will go, oh, what a smart film. It was so quiet. And they do. Look, read and reviews. They, and they do. do. And they do. They, they go mad Trigger Man has got a 12-minute scene of a bloke walking through the woods on his own. Nothing happens. There's no, like, suspense. It's not artfully shot or anything. But reviews are like, oh, the suspense. They're so tense. It's not. It's not. It's not how you do... Is it about Trigger from Only Fools and Horses? <laughs> <laughs> Tagline, watch it, Dave. <laughs> All right, before we reach the climax that is our second feature, let's talk about a British oddity that Severin recently dug up and put out on Blu-ray, The Shadowed Mind, a 1988 film set in some sort of rehab clinic for perverts. I like the weird atmosphere. Yes. It reminded me a little bit of Hellraiser 2. It had a bit of that uh-huh. vibe. It's sort of institutional and it's very 80s and, and so on. It reminded me of like basically everything that Channel 4, Film 4 made in the 80s. Yes. Yeah, there's certainly quite a bit of that. I thought it was quite interesting that of all the films that we've watched this month, this one has a scene between two men. Mm. Um, it's not an explicit one, but, you know, it's for the 80s, pretty uh, progressive. But uh, the actual plot, as in what happens, I actually, I've, I've forgotten it already, I know. to be it's, honest. It's weird. It's so odd. I mean, there are killings. Like, people are there are off, killings, but they, yeah. They're not the plot, are they? Because... Whenever someone's found dead, the doctor just says, hide the body and nothing ever yeah, comes Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah, it's quite odd and it's trying to kind of do a psychological horror. But on the other hand, it's just a, it's just a vehicle for tits. But that just sounds weird. <laughs> quite a high wheelbarrow. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wheelbarrow of tits. I couldn't make it through the shadow mind. I think maybe it just caught me in the wrong mood because it is the sort of thing I would normally like. But I think maybe this is like with Luke's... How can you like Rob Zombie and not Ty West? Like sometimes, <laughs> yeah. I can't explain it. It just doesn't, just doesn't connect. One of the main subplots in the film is: Will the lead character be able to resist getting her tits out at inappropriate moments? Well, does she have trauma and now she's taking it out and there's something supernatural or no. evil no. happening? Just likes getting her tits oh. out. I think oh. there is meant to be some sort. Of, this is I, I wasn't. I'm not entirely clear on this, but I think that wasn't because it's sort of trying to do a little bit of a highbrow thing, wasn't there? A little bit of like, oh, trauma equals tits. Isn't that a Slipknot song? <laughs> <laughs> 
but it could be about trauma, but I think, yeah, she could also say that she also likes getting her tits out. It's a weird film. All right, like our first feature this month, our second feature also has no usable trailer. Well, they probably had lots of trailers on set, but they'd have been the sort that you put horses in and they're all probably covered in horse cum. Uh, What else could it be but Valerian Borovchik's 1975 classic La Bette, a.k.a. The Beast. And the synopsis for this one, an English heiress has to marry into the French aristocracy. However, it seems she's more interested in having sex with animals. So it's got an interesting opening scene, hasn't it? Yeah, I could I could have done without seeing that opening for the rest of my life. When you say opening, <laughs> yeah, that, that, op- that particular opening. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I will accept a horse dick, but I draw the line at horse fudge. Yeah, it's quite animated, <laughs> isn't it? I stuck this on uh, with Sarah. She literally got to that first scene and just went no, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and just walked out. <laughs> like if a muppet was made out of flesh. it's it's quite a sight i mean i I mean it's totally natural it's just a horse's vagina i was wondering how many hours of horse fucking they had to shoot for that opening scene it does left quite a lot of it in didn't they yeah I feel like horses are quite efficient fuckers, though. So. You know, um, there was a bit in Father Ted where it's like, and up next, Jurassic Park, the director's cut with extra dinosaurs. Labette, <laughs> <laughs> the director's yeah. cut with extra horse. Well, badge. that's the thing about Labette, isn't it? Because um, the only really worthwhile bit in it is the 25-minute sequence at the end, the dream sequence, the fantasy. And um, that's that was originally made for Immoral Tales, an anthology mm-hmm. film. And then he dropped it from that. And added an hour of very boring kind of not not even historical period drama. It's set in the present day, but it feels very creaky. It's very. Boring. I really like it. I it's it's good. It reminded me of a little bit of a kind of a Ken Russell vibe in that it's a little bit po faced, but there's clearly a, a real kind of like cheeky sense of humour going on there. Oh, it's it's got yeah, a playfulness to it, sure. and a, and there's satire as well. The characters are weird and compelling, and I really like this film. The two bits, so you've got that and then you've got the dream sequence. Initially, you think, oh, that's a little bit jarring. But then after a while, it has this sort of dream logic to it, following the kind of pattern of a fairy tale. Not like any fairy tales I was told when I was a child. (laughs) Definitely. When you run away from monsters, your clothes fall off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Get covered in jizz. I wasn't expecting a foot job in a film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was... Two foot jobs, really. Yeah. Just one with socks on and then one with socks off. (laughs) Something for everyone. <laughs> the parents' guide page on IMDb for this is needless to say a joy, yeah. and it, I think it's a woman gives a monster a foot job accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second one's on purpose. So I feel like that big twenty-five minute sequence of beast fucking kind of ruins the film in that it is so boring after the first few minutes because you're like, yeah, okay, I get it now. Yeah, big monster cut, very funny. Oh yeah, very funny. funny. Yeah, oh yes, very Mm. very clever, Valerian, very clever. (laughs) Yeah, you think you're cleverer than everyone else, don't you? It keeps spurting and spurting, you're just like... Oh, I've seen this now. I, I really don't need another 10 minutes of Sperty Monstercock. <laughs> Enough Monstercock for one day. Great band, though, Sperty Monstercock. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer the talky bits. I think it is quite an interesting satire. And there's stuff in there about sort of sexual repression as well. Um, and now I know what the um, the knobs on the end of those old-fashioned beds are for. Yeah, yeah <laughs> she shags her bed. Yeah, twice. I'm in the market for a second-hand bed at the moment. It's just put me right off. <laughs> <laughs> now you feel right, get some wet wipes. I live um, in Brighton, though, man. Everyone's fucked a bed in Brighton. 
Is that what it says when you come into the city? Yeah. Welcome to the city of Brighton Hove. Everyone's fucked to bed. <laughs> if you live in Hove, isn't it a chaise lounge rather yeah. than a bed? We have like, what, 48 of those 1,200 listeners still, <laughs> still with us? If we're just changing to, um, what should we talk about now? Um, horse wormer to help with COVID. Um, yeah. If we- Speak about that now, that one might drop it a bit. Welcome to the Joe Rogan Horror Podcast. <laughs> Guys, did you know all of these films are real? <laughs> I lift heavy things. That's my impression of Joe Rogan, it's uncanny. I'm lucky enough not to have any idea really who Joe Rogan is, apart from by just where he's some podcast arsehole. I, I, I so don't know who he is that I always just picture Joe Wicks. So <laughs> Joe Wicks just trying to do his yoga. Oh Joe Wicks is like an adorable little Essex pirate man and he's got a squeaky voice. So instantly the thought of him just redoing all of Joe Rogan's dialogue, it suddenly just changes it a bit. I mean, I honestly don't know. It doesn't make it any less cunty, but, you know. <laughs> I've, I've managed to avoid that man in my life. Um, so Lucy in La Bette has clearly never heard the song Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Otherwise she wouldn't be putting one of them down there. Yeah, that's that. that's a bit. I was going to say, maybe he's the most mid-late. Well, I've just watched that scene and thought, well, that's, <laughs> that's a, a bit, bit much. much. <laughs> take, you need to take it down a notch. A bit Come much. On. Start with a daisy, love. Come on now. Um, it's got to really fuck up her pH balance, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not going to be good, Put is it? Put some yoghurt on it, love. <laughs> Live, laugh, shove some yoghurt out of your... <laughs> <laughs> So for the ten listeners who are still with us, are we going to play scary noises? If you can't handle me at my goat cock, you won't deserve me at my horse cock. <laughs> well, we've witnessed all sorts of unnatural and horrifying couplings in this episode, and now it's time for another six of them. All right, then, you know how this works. Um, let's get straight on with it. So, uh, first pair of scary noises coming right up. I have a press conference in an hour. I need to explain why there are three dead celebrities and a bodyguard. And a very angry mayor. Emily, are you shaking something or are you just having a wank off camera? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, though, if that's what it actually sounded like, I was having a wank, I'd definitely go and see the doctor. The music is from um, <laughs> Sister of Ursula. It is, yeah. That's the Eyes song. The Eyes song, yeah. And Dialogue. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Nick? There's going to be three dead celebrities. What's that going to be? Um, no, I don't, I don't know. Don't know that one. Okay, Brian, and CJ, can you get the dialogue? I have a press conference in an hour. I need to explain why there are three dead celebrities and a bodyguard. And a very angry mayor. Okay, look, we all know this has something to do with Stab 3, but what we do not know is why the killer keeps leaving pictures of Maureen Prescott taken over 25 years ago. photographs taken at the same studio Stab 3 is shooting at. What does this have to do with Sid? knows more about Maureen Prescott than her own CJ. daughter. Okay. You're looking at the wrong guy. I hate those movies. <laughs> oh, I love them. I watched all of them last month. Um, Scream. It's the one where she has a shit fringe. Scream 3? Yep, Scream 3. Yay! Shit nice. fringe! Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> okay, number two. Jesus Christ, Pinky, my prick is burning like hell. Oh, it must have been some wedding night. Okay, have fun and uh, take care. Come here. No thanks, I'm not hungry in any way. I like strawberry flavour. Not for you to eat, it's for your nod. Really? Yeah, it's an old fashioned remedy. They say uh, yogurt's really, really good for sunburn. 
Yes, CJ. Is the music from The Shadowed Mind? It is not. Did you get the dialogue? Uh, was it like lesbian vampire killers or something? No. Luke, Emily, did you get... So someone's got to put some strawberry yoghurt on their knob. Correct. Yeah. Um, why do I feel like it's the film with Danny Dyer in it? Oh. Is it the one that has dog in the title? Doghouse. Dog it's not Doghouse, no. Let me guess the music. Plinky plonky keyboardy stuff, but I don't... I couldn't place it. Okay, the music was yeah. from Terrifier, and the sunburnt knob strawberry yoghurt was from Penetration Angst. Okay. Okay. Was Danny Dyer in Penetration He's Angst? Not, I didn't no. Yeah. Sadly not. Why not? Because he's too Should good. <laughs> I do want to hear that. Danny Dyer's penetration angst. <laughs> oh, I'm really angry about penetrating you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three. Who's the man who made me what I am today? Pronto. Who's the man? Pronto. Pronto. The dialogue is from Delirium. Yes, it is. Music. <laughs> I don't know the music. Okay, CJ and Bryony. Who's the man who made me what I am today? I think I've seen this. Um... It's about a dad. He's probably fucked his daughter. This is a vibe I'm getting. Yeah, I'm getting that vibe. <laughs> it's a film Cliff knows and enjoys. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to kick myself on this. No, no. It's it's just not coming. Death game. Of course it is. Yeah, I do know it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2-1 to Luke and Emily at halfway stage. Here's number four. Anything new? Nothing. Just speculation that the killings are linked to that professional assassin we wasted at the golf course last week. A stiff you found? It was stolen out of the morgue. Now, the chief believes it's a professional job, uh, some sort of a Japanese mafia or something. Yeah, so be careful. See you at 4.30. I recognise the dialogue, but I can't think what from. Uh, I was going to guess the music. Is it Shadowed Mind? It is, yeah. Oh. Anyone got any ideas about the dialogue? Feels like something I should know with Japanese mafia. It was all about that garbage cart at the golf course last week. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Is it Ninja 3, The Domination? You literally wrote the book on it, or the DVD booklet, anyway. <laughs> I did. I did literally write the book. <laughs> <laughs> Ninja 3. Yeah. Yeah, well done. I helped. You did. You couldn't have done it without you. Uh, number five. You've heard of the evil eye, haven't you? It's bad luck. No, you don't really know about those things. I've heard a little, but they're all stories. Stories, huh? I'm sure you've never seen a billy goat mounted a wall. The dialogue is from Black Candles. It is. Music. Uh, it sounds like something disaster piece would do, but I don't think it is that. Nope. Um, no. CJ and Bryony, can you get the music? Uh, if you can call it music. <laughs> you've heard of the evil eye, haven't you? It's bad luck. No, you don't really know about those things. I've heard a little, but they're all stories. Stories, I'm sure you've never seen a billy goat mount her and later coming inside her. No, never. Well, wait until tonight and you will see it. You'll see how the goat fucks her. <laughs> what a beautiful line. I, I, maybe I was unfair on black candles. Um, no. Briny. 
Oh, I know that. That's uh, uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow. <laughs> You'll see how the goat fucks her. It was from Thriller, a cruel picture. Fat boy Slim oh, is fucking a wow, goat. Okay. Fat boy Slim is fucking a fucking a fucking a fucking a. It's what ten hours of straight porn does for you. <laughs> it's four two to Luke and Emily. Here's the final pair. Are you guys staying in the house across the lake? Yeah. Yes, Bernie. Oh no, I've forgotten the name of the film. Um, hmm. uh, it's the one like sexual, sexually from Amok. Yeah, Amok. It is. Yay! Right, if you get the dialogue as well, then you win. <sighs> See, frustratingly, because he talks about the house at the edge of the lake, I thought maybe it was the house at the edge of the lake, but then you never do. Two films from the episode in one. No. Um, so Friday Thirteen. I I was going to go Slumber Party Massacre. Oh fuck's sake! It's yes, Slumber Party Massacre. Yeah, no way. <laughs> the twenty twenty one sort of spoof version. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So five four to CJ and Bryony. That's the most exciting turnaround ever. I think. <laughs> it's all thanks <laughs> to sexually. If you are still listening, please vote for us on Twitter at ComedyPodcastDE. <laughs> Nothing to do with Germany. They just couldn't fit Comedy Podcast Devotees into their handle. That's the name. Comedy Podcast Devotees are running a World Cup of DIY comedy podcasts. And even though we've never given you any DIY advice, this month's episode has been so sexy that I bet you've all been at it for the last hour or so, you dirty listeners. <laughs> dirty. <laughs> I think by now you should be saying listener singular. Surely Bryony's thing about live, laugh, shove it up your fanny counts as DIY advice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, legal disclaimer: we can't be held responsible for anything you do. <laughs> shove <up your> <laughs> items up fanny at own risk. Your investments may go up as well as down. And for our American listeners, of course, by fanny we mean pussy. Stop well, after all that, it's time for a cold shower and a change of sheets. Next month, it's less one off the wrist and more one off slashers. We're going back to the 80s and looking at some slasher movies that never got themselves sequels. Emily has chosen My Bloody Valentine, and uh, well, Bryony, you won Scary Noises, so you get to choose the other feature. I'm going to choose Stage Fright because I was a theatre kid. Nice. Lovely stuff. So that's My Bloody Valentine and Stage Fright for our one-off Slashers episode, one-off 80s Slashers episode next month. Right then, everyone, put your pants back on. We're out of here. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>